Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www.thegrovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. Deuteronomy 31, I'm going to begin in verse 1. I'm reading the New Living Translation. I believe we'll get more understanding from this particular version. I'll be reading the first eight verses. Here's what we find. When Moses had finished giving these instructions to all the people of Israel, he said, I am now 120 years old and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has told me you will not cross the Jordan River, but the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy the nations living there, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua will lead you across the river, just as the Lord promised. The Lord will destroy the nations living in the land, just as he destroyed Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites. The Lord will hand over to you the people who live there, and you must deal with them as I have commanded you. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Then Moses called for Joshua. And as all Israel watched, he said to him, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. I want to read verse 7 one more time. Verse 7, then Moses called for Joshua, and as all Israel watched, he said to him, Be strong and courageous. For you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. You are the one who will divide it. That's what I want to talk about today. You are the one. Amen. God bless you. Uh, Please be seated in the presence of our God. You are the one. When he was born, he was hunted like a deer during hunting season. He had to be hidden as a baby so he would not be killed. When his mother and family could no longer hide him, he was placed in a basket and sent drifting down the Nile River. His sister found him, and and as the Lord and his divine providence would have it, the baby was returned to his mother. And who knew that this baby, this young baby Moses, would be the one to deliver his people from their oppression in Egypt? Who knew he would be the one to lead his people toward the promised land? Well, Moses is now 120 years old and will soon check out of the hotel of life. The world has changed a lot over the past 40 of his 120 years. What will the world look like in the future for Israel? The Lord plays a part, a significant part, y'all, in what the world looks like in their future as well 
as ours. And who knows what our future will look like down the road. Will we have communities living on Mars? Will vacations in space be the norm? You think you have it going on, going to Hawaii for vacation, while your homie is going to Venus, <laughs> Mars, for a month? Will bitcoins and other digital currency really be a thing? Today's text bear witness, bears witness to the Lord and man, especially his chosen man, can partner to shape the future. God certainly does his part. Look at how much his will, his sovereignty, his, his doing is emphasized in today's text. I still hope you still have your Bibles open. In verse 2, the Lord told Moses he would not cross the Jordan River. Verse 2, he said, I'm now 120 years old. I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has told me you will not cross the Jordan River. The Lord told me. Moses is transitioning out because of what the Lord told him. Moses isn't just quitting. The Lord told him he's not going any further. Moses isn't just retiring. The Lord told him he's not going any further. The Lord, Moses is not simply resigning. The Lord told him he's not going any further. Some of what happens in our lives is because of what the Lord has said. Then in verse 3, the Bible says, the Lord your God goes ahead of you. Verse 3, but the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. Trust me when I tell you that God is already moving ahead of you to prepare, to prepare the way for your business, to prepare the way for your graduation from college, to prepare the way for all of the obstacles you're going to face in the days to come. The Lord is already ahead of you. The Lord is already at Kennesaw State. The Lord is already ahead of you at Savannah State. The Lord is already ahead of you at Georgia Southern. The Lord is already ahead of you. The Lord your God goes ahead of you as he goes ahead of us. He does his part to shape what the future will look like. Then in verse 3, verse 3 he says, uh, but the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy the nations living there and you will take possession of their land. Verse 3 tells us the Lord your God will switch things around into your hands. It's some stuff that other people claim as their own now, but one day it'll be yours. It could be an office suite that belongs to some manager, but one day God will switch it and put it in your hands. It, 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 can, be, it can be a business on, on, on a corner somewhere making all kinds of money, and God can somehow cause that business to dry up and put that, that property and that business in your hands because God is able to move down, down the road of our futures and switch things around from uh, one person possessing it into our possession. Verse 3 also says that the Lord promised, God, God made promises. The Lord your God promised what you're about to possess. Look at verse 3 one more time. But the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy the nations who are living there. You will take possession of their land. Joshua will lead you across the river just as the Lord promised. Some of the stuff a year from now, five years from now, AP, Kristen, I'm telling you, it's all going to be because of what God has promised. It can be some stuff that can happen because of what the enemy will do. Some stuff can happen because of, 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 of just God moving things around. But it's, there's some promises waiting to be fulfilled in your life. And as you move forward, you got to believe that. You got to remember that, uh, Gabby. You got to remember that God has some unfulfilled promises yet to fulfill and manifest in your life. No matter what comes your, your way, no matter what holdups, no matter what setbacks, you got to remember God has some unfulfilled promises 
in my life. And then verses 4 and 5 teach us that God has already shown us what he can do. Look at verse 4. The Lord will destroy the nations living in the land just as he destroyed Sihon and Og. He's already won some battles for you. you. You're not graduating high school because you're so smart, although you are smart. You're very intelligent. You are smart. But listen, a part of the reason why you graduate in high school is not only because you passed all those tests. That's, what, that's how we say it in Georgia. Tests. You don't take tests. You take tests. You're not only graduating because you passed all those tests. You're graduating because God has fought some battles for you. Some teachers you know wasn't quite in your corner. Some people who wasn't quite in your corner. Some, some of your peers who weren't quite in your corner. But God fought some battles for you. He fought a COVID battle for you. He fought, listen, he's fighting financial aid battles for you. He's fighting scholarship battles for you. God has already shown you what he can do. Don't forget the things that God has already shown you. And what you see through your windshield into your future should be a response of what you've seen in the rearview mirror of your past. What you've seen God do should influence what you see him doing in the days to come. The Lord has already shown you what he can do to people who are out to destroy you. Some of the plots of your enemies failed because of the Lord. Then in verse 5, verse 5 teaches us that the Lord is looking for obedience. Verse 5, the Lord will hand over to you the people who live there, and you must deal with them as I have commanded you. So God has already made it clear. There are some people, when you come into their villages, you, some villages you can let the people live there, but then there are some other villages where you got to wipe out everything in there. However God told them to handle the villages that they're going to enter, that's what they were to do. And I want to tell y'all, obedience still matters. Obedience still matters. Handle the situations in your future the way God has told you to handle them. And then in verse 6, verse 6 makes it clear that the Lord will not fail or abandon you. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Listen, your friends may, so-called friends may walk off and leave you. God will never abandon you. Your so-called friends may fail you. God will never fail you. Or abandon you. Can I poll the audience real quick and just see, does anybody here know firsthand that God will never fail you nor abandon you? Has anybody here been in any situation where you needed God to come through for you and he did? You needed God to be there for you and he was. Can I? I'll take them 10. Thank y'all. All 10 of y'all. Thank y'all. The Lord, y'all, Moses is, uh, he, in, as he speaks to uh, 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 Joshua and them who about to go into Canaan, he's making it clear, we, we got to place our emphasis on the Lord. The Lord. What, what will the future look like? A lot, of that, a lot of that depends on the Lord. The Lord, he is emphasized throughout this text and this book, really. So we will make him our number one emphasis in our lives. The Lord will not fail you or abandon you. The Lord will be looking for obedience. The Lord was all, has already showed you what he can do. The Lord promised what you're about to possess. The Lord will switch things around into your hands. The Lord, your God, goes ahead of you. The Lord, y'all. What does your future look like? The Lord, y'all. The Lord. These words were spoken to people, watch this, who were headed somewhere. Their days in the wilderness are over. They're graduating from wilderness high school. Some other people can stay in the wilderness if they want. These folks are graduating from wilderness 
undergraduate studies. These people are graduating from wilderness elementary, wilderness middle school. They're going somewhere. Let me pause here to say real quick, some of the people you graduated with ain't going nowhere. You can come back here in 10 years and some of the folks you graduated with that you worked so hard to impress, that you worked so hard to get along with, they're going to be right young. Working at Mac. Anyway, so these words were spoken to people who are going somewhere. They weren't going to be stuck in the wilderness any longer. They're headed somewhere. They need to see the Lord as they look through the windshield into their future, as well as the rearview mirror into their past. They need to see him fighting their battles, making provision, and only doing what God can do. Y'all, 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 we need to factor the Lord's presence, power, and provision into our situations. When asked how you're going to make it, your response initially needs to be, man, the Lord. How you know your business is going to open up? The Lord. How you know you're going to be able to open the business and stay in business? Man, the Lord. The Lord. The Lord is up to something. Despite COVID, the Lord is up to something. Despite what may happen in the economy, the Lord is up to something. Despite how some employers can't find nobody who wants to work, the Lord is up to something. He is leading his people into the promised land. He is up to something. Always remember that the Lord is up to something. So the Lord chose Joshua to succeed Moses and lead Israel into the promised land of Canaan. Joshua is the one. He's the one to be a military commander. He's the one to be an administrator and allot the land to the various tribes. Joshua is the one. Why? Why Joshua? Why Joshua? Two things real quick we're going to raise up. Number one, Joshua is the one to lead Israel because Moses is no longer able to lead. Joshua is the one to lead Israel because Moses is no longer able to lead. I'm in verse 2 right quick. He said, I am now 120 years old. I am no longer able to lead you. Moses made it clear to the people of Israel that he could take them no further. He, he has effectively led them for the past 40 years. Under his leadership, Israel has been delivered from slavery in Egypt. They have seen God do m- many miraculous things to make himself known to Israel. They have fought numerous battles and won. Moses has done quite a bit to bring Israel where they are now in their history. He had a speech impediment, but he was still able to do it. He lost his temper a couple of times and uh, one, one time or two, but he was still able to lead Israel. But his time is up. He's no longer able to lead them. Whoever is going to succeed him must be able to do it. One cannot simply aspire to do it. He or she must be able to do it. Joshua was told he was the one to lead, so he must be able to do it. What makes Joshua able to lead? Moses is no longer able to lead, and Israel needs someone who is able to do it. What makes Joshua able to lead? I am not asking whether or not Joshua wants to do it. Is he able to do it? Moses is no longer able to do it and Israel needs someone able to fill his shoes and there's some mighty big shoes to fill. I'm not asking whether or not Joshua has taken classes on how to do it. Just because someone has taken, taken, has book sense on something doesn't qualify them to do that giving thing, that, that given thing. There are plenty of persons who have degrees in journalism but make poor journalists. Some persons with degrees in education make horrible educators. And administrators. Moses is no longer able to lead Israel and his successor needs to be able to assume responsibility for this great undertaking. Is Joshua able to lead Israel into Canaan? 
And your abilities are worth something to consider. They're, they're worth considering. Tim Duncan shared some interesting insights last night as he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. It was interesting to actually see Tim Duncan smile and get choked up. I thought he was the most emotionless human being ever. He aspired, he grew, he grew up swimming. He grew up excelling in swimming. He aspired to be an Olympic swimmer. He didn't pick up a basketball until he was 14 years old, AP. His sister and brother-in-law got him into basketball and took him all over the Virgin Islands to hone his ball skills. They saw something in him. He, he played a pickup game and a, and a Wake Forest alum was playing against him. He called, this alum called the coach of Wake Forest and told him he needed to come and check young Tim Duncan out. He, he saw something in him. He saw something in him that Tim didn't see in himself. Sometimes our greatest abilities are visible and obvious to everybody else but totally obscure to ourselves. The coach came down, checked him out. Next thing you know, Tim is playing basketball for Wake Forest. Next thing you know, Tim is drafted to play basketball for San Antonio Spurs. The rest is history. Last night, he's inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame. Abilities are important. Tim didn't even know he had these abilities. In the church, we talk a lot about spiritual gifts, anointings, assignments. We must also talk about abilities. Was Joshua able to lead Israel? Is it, it is safe to assume Joshua is able to lead Israel and is therefore the one to do it. More specifically, here are some assumptions that are safe for us to make. First assumption we want to make is that, that Joshua is able because Joshua is healthy enough to lead Israel. He's healthy. Let the church say healthy. Joshua is healthy. Joshua has to lead as a military leader. He has to lead his troops into combat. He needs to be physically healthy for something like this. There are some people who cannot do certain things because they're not physically able to do it. Be the one who is taking excellent care of your body. He has to lead his troops into combat. He has to take care of his body. Don't get robbed of opportunities because you're victimized by sickness and disease you can avoid. Those of you graduating high school, enjoy your last years as a teenager and your journey through your 20s. Because remember, when those 20s are over, when those 30s are behind, when them 40s, are, when you're about halfway through your 50s. And I know all y'all over 60 say, oh, that ain't nothing. Wait till you turn 60. <laughs> Enjoy these years because what you do, what you eat, what you do or don't do with your body in your 20s is going to catch up to you in your 40s and your 50s. Be one. Be the one who takes excellent care of your physical health. We can make another assumption. We can assume Joshua is able to lead Israel because Joshua is spiritual enough to lead Israel. I believe he's healthy enough to lead. I believe he's spiritual enough to lead. By, by being spiritual enough, we're talking about Joshua's ability to love God and walk in obedience to his word as he would lead Israel. Joshua was unwavering in his spirituality, his worship, his love for God. Uh, he is the one who would later tell Israel, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your, an your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua had an ability to faithfully follow God despite the challenges, the pressures, the, the criticisms, the enemies, the battles, and the temptations that we all face. Be the one who is spiritual enough, love God enough, worship deeply enough to obey God. This is why he was, this is why he was told to be strong and courageous. It takes strength and courage to walk with God when others are walking away from him. 
His spirituality, Joshua's worship, is what made him mentally tough enough to keep going. And that's one key ingredient for anybody who's going to be successful. you got to be mentally tough. Mentally tough to keep yourself going. Mentally tough to get up and go to class anyway. Mentally tough to go back the next semester anyway. Mentally tough enough to hang in there when it looked like everything in your world is falling apart. You are the one who is to be that spiritual. You are the one who is able to go beyond a spirituality that simply believes in God. But love God. Worship God. And obey him. You can do it. I believe you can do it. I think your church family believes you can do it. You can do it. Especially if you never forget what God is able to do for you, in you, and through you. Always remember the Lord will not fail you or abandon you. The Lord is looking for obedience. The Lord has already shown you what he can do. The Lord has promised you what you're about to possess. The Lord will switch things around into your hands. The Lord goes before you. He's healthy enough. He's spiritual enough. But also I want to submit for your consideration that Joshua is able to lead Israel because he's mature enough. Mature enough. In other words, he's wise enough to do the job. This assignment cannot be entrusted into the hands of a fool or someone childish or immature. Joshua has to lead millions of people into Canaan with no phones, no internet, no email, no newspapers, no microphone, no speakers, no stage, no television, no radio, no social media. He has to communicate with millions of people what they're going to do, where they're going to move, how they're going to move with none of these advancements of technology that we enjoy. This is a job for mature folk. This is grown folk work. Grown, grown folk work. Anybody know what I mean by grown folk work? Tricks is for kids. This is grown folk work. There are some responsibilities reserved for grown folks, and this is one of them. Joshua is no child. Joshua is no fool. He's mature because he stayed in the shadow of a wise leader. Every time you saw Moses, you saw Joshua. He didn't spend all of his time with little boys and little girls. He was in the shadow of an old man who could teach him a thing or two about life and leadership and success. Joshua was mature enough to lead Israel. Be the one, be the one who is able to take on major responsibilities because you've demonstrated you're mature enough to handle the pressure and the setbacks and the criticism that comes with it. Some folks are smart, but they are not able to withstand criticism. Some folks love God, but they are not able to make tough decisions under pressure and when everything is on the line. Joshua was mature enough to be the one. So Joshua is the one. He's the one because Moses is no longer able to lead. Whoever's going to succeed Moses must be able to do it. And I submit that, that Joshua is healthy enough, that he's wise enough, he's mature enough, he's, he, he's the one. Second final thing I want to share. Joshua is the one to lead Israel because he is chosen by God. He's chosen. Let the church say chosen. Deuteronomy 31 and 7. Real quick. Then Moses called for Joshua and as all Israel watched, he said to him, be strong and courageous for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. You are the one 
who will divide it among them as their grants of land. The details of, of Joshua being selected really is in Numbers 27, 15 to 23. Let me read this for you real quick. Numbers, 15, Numbers 27, number 27, 15 to 23. Numbers 27, 15 to 23. That means I want you to turn there. Numbers 27, 15 to 23. Then Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, you are the God who gives breath to all creatures. Please appoint a new man as a leader for the community. Give them someone who will guide them wherever they go and will lead them into battle. So the community of the Lord will not be like sheep without a shepherd. The Lord replied, take Kristen. Take Michaela. Take AP. Take Shannon. Take Rashi. Take Chanel. Take Gabby. Who has the spirit in them. Lay your hands on them. Present him, Joshua, to Eleazar, the priest, before the whole community. And publicly commission him to lead the people. Transfer some of your authority to him so the whole community of Israel will obey him. When direction from the Lord is needed, Joshua will stand before Eleazar the priest who will use the Urim, one of the sacred lots cast before the Lord, to determine his will. This is how Joshua and the rest of the community of Israel will determine everything they should do. So Moses did as the Lord commanded. He presented Joshua to Eleazar the priest and the whole community. Moses laid his hands on him and commissioned him to lead the people just as the Lord had commanded through Moses. Joshua was the one because he was God's choice. He was handpicked. To succeed Moses and lead Israel into Canaan. You are the one for a particular assignment. Because you've been chosen for it. I'm going to say this real quick. When I, when, I, when I used to teach at the Fort Valley State University, I would step into that classroom. And sometimes I'd be dog tired physically. I'd be tired. But the moment it was time for me to lecture, to rock and roll, I'd feel like, man, I was born to do this. And I pray that everybody, all of our youth can experience that, that you can dedicate your life to something where when you're doing it, even when you're tired, you just, something happens where you feel like, man, I was born to do this and I can do it. You've been chosen for something great. Move forward confident that God has handpicked you for something great. Look in the mirror and humbly embrace the fact that God has handpicked you for something great. You are God's choice. Joshua was the one to lead Israel because he was God's choice. He chose him and commissioned him in front of everybody. Verse 7 says, Deuteronomy 31, then Moses called for Joshua and as all Israel watched. As all Israel watched. Everybody's watching y'all. Everybody, not only the popo, <laughs> to harass you unnecessarily. And there are some good police officers, praise God, for the good cops. But everybody's watching. God can choose you and commission you in front of everybody. In front of everybody. And everybody may not like it, but he can choose you and commission you in front of everybody. Everybody may not agree with it. They may be asking why Caleb wasn't allowed an opportunity to apply for the job or audition for the spot. God was not asking for applications or resumes or auditions. He simply chose Joshua and commissioned him to lead Israel and he did it in front of everybody. I'm sure there were some who may have had a problem with Joshua or may, may not have had a problem with him per se, but, but had a problem with how he was selected. Sometimes folk won't have a problem with you. They'll just have a problem with how you got the opportunity. 
And that's going to happen. Don't take it personally. Regardless, y'all, Joshua is the one to lead Israel because he was God's choice to succeed Moses. I think it's obvious as to why Joshua was God's choice. I think everybody knew Josh had paid his dues. None of Israel really should have been surprised that Joshua was succeeding Moses. He paid his dues. He was Moses' shadow. He was under Moses' tutelage for decades. He fought wars for Israel. He, he paid his dues. Joshua was one of the 12 spies who surveyed Canaan, and only he and Caleb believed Israel could whoop the giants they saw in the promised land. Joshua paid his dues. Sometimes God will choose you and commission you in front of everybody when all of heaven and earth know you've paid your dues. Go ahead and pay them. Pay them. No, you may not graduate college and jump right into a $250,000 a year job. You might, you might, you might not. If you do, be sure to pay that tithe. But if you don't, don't be surprised. Pay your dues. Pay your dues. In college, you're paying your dues. Read the books. Write your own papers. And make your classmates write their own papers. Don't pull none of that crap I heard when I was teaching. No, we were in the computer lab together. And so I, I accidentally left my jump drive, and they must have got a hold of my jump drive and copied my paper. Well, both of y'all getting a zero, both of y'all getting an F. Put that on your jump drive. <laughs> Pay your dues and work your way up. Pay your dues and put up with the, with the stuff you'd rather not put up with. Pay your dues and work your way up. Go get their coffee, pick up their dry cleaning, walk their dog, make the copies, get their car detailed. Pay your dues. Trust me when I tell you everybody is watching and some of them will get it when they see God choose you and elevate you. They were watching when you paid your dues and knew you were being mistreated. Some of them won't be able to hate because when God opens that door no man can shut for you to lead. They'll know you paid your dues. Be the one who is willing to pay your dues and God has a way of choosing you for greater responsibility when you've been faithful over a few things. Things that may not seem significant. Joshua, y'all, was God's choice. It may not be hard. It may not be hard to understand why, but sometimes it may be it may not be so easy to understand. God chose some people like David. Pull you from obscurity, from nowhere and radically elevate you. God can grab you when nobody saw you at all. Nobody noticed you. Nobody paid you any attention. Nobody appreciated your efforts. You were nobody to them, and so it shocked them when you got the job or you were promoted or, or was handpicked for a great opportunity. But always remember, when no one else sees you, God is watching. And what God sees in private, he can reward in public. The prayers he hears in private, he can answer in public. Bless his holy name. Be the one who is willing to be obscure and faithful in obscurity. And in due time, what you've been doing in obscurity will become obvious to those who can no longer ignore you. Joshua was God's choice. He was a cut above the rest. He didn't think like everybody else. When, when other people saw problems, Joshua saw opportunities. And, and they knew it. They knew Joshua was different. They knew he was unique. But let's not deceive ourselves, y'all. Let's not de deceive ourselves into believing that God only chooses perfect or extraordinary people. God can choose ordinary and imperfect people. Wasn't nothing really special about Noah except that he lived right. He, he just lived right. He wasn't perfect with his drinking self. What do you do after you after your survival flood for over a year? I'm going to get turned. 
saith Noah. And that's exactly what he did. But he was God's choice. David was ordinary. He was an ordinary shepherd in obscurity. Everybody thought all of his brothers would be a king before he would be a king. He wasn't perfect with his adulterous murdering self. But he was God's choice. All of Jesus' disciples were ordinary men. And that Peter, Simon Peter, with his cussing self, his violent self, but he was God's choice. So don't compare yourself to others who may be more popular, smarter, prettier, more handsome, more outgoing, more extroverted, taller. <laughs> Just because they taller don't mean nothing. Do not compare yourself to Moses and all he has accomplished. Whether Moses is an older sister, older brother, cousin, star athlete, sibling who was always on the honor roll, best friend, neighbor, anybody else. Rather than compare yourself to others, establish a mark and press towards it. That's what Paul did. Paul said, I ain't studying my past. I ain't studying nobody self, nobody else. I've set a mark. I've set a mark in terms of who I want to become. I've set a mark in terms of who I can become as it relates to my character. I've set a mark in who I can become as it relates to being in Christ. Don't worry about your past. Don't worry about other people. Rather than compare yourself to others, establish a mark and press toward that mark. Say to yourself, I can get better at this. I can be better than this. Finally, y'all. Finally, God, God can choose you and it can take time for you to become and grow into what God has ordained for you to become and accomplish. Martin Luther King Jr. wasn't a civil rights leader when he graduated from Morehouse. He wasn't a civil rights leader when he received his doctorate. He was he started out as a pastor who who led a bus boycott and a bus boycott. And over time, he became a civil rights leader. Give yourself license to become. You're going on to college to, to become. Not just get a degree, but become. And not just become someone who has a certification or has a degree. Be, become that. Become an educator. Become a real educator, a real trainer, a real entrepreneur. Become that. Our phones didn't just pop out as phones out of thin air. That device you hold, it didn't just pop out as that. It had to be assembled. It had to, the screen, and it's, it's assembled from parts from all over the world. Some of the stuff in our batteries come from Africa. Those phones are made in China. So you get the screen, you get the battery, you get these chips, you get all this stuff from all over the world. And it's, it's all assembled, or rather it's, it's all put together. All, all of that stuff, all of those parts from all those different places, that's, they're put together. All the people you're going to meet, all the experiences you're going to have, the successes and the failures, the ups and the downs, the triumphs and the tragedies. God, can, he, can, he can work it all together for, for good. For all of us who love him, all of us here, we're, 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 we're an assembly. We're, we've been put together. We didn't just show up preaching didn't show didn't just show up in church lord we, we we've been put together we've been put together and god is making you god is putting you together 
to use you, mold you into something, someone he can use to even a greater degree. You are God's choice. So be the one. Be the one chosen by God. Courageous, strong, prepared, and get it done. And do it for the one who truly matters. Do it for Christ. Do it for the one the Father chose to suffer, bleed, and die for us. Do it for the one who paid his dues on the cross. Jesus, the one who was raised from the grave for us. The one who was coming back for us. Jesus, be the one who, in all you do, do it all for him. A pianist played in a recital. After he finished his performance, he received a standing ovation. He's backstage crying. Crowd is still on their feet, clapping their hands. He's backstage crying. The crowd is on their feet, clapping. He gave such an astounding performance. He's backstage crying. He was asked, why are you crying? Look out there. They're, they're on their feet begging you for an encore. He said, yeah, everybody's standing except for that one gentleman on the front row. That's my piano instructor. He taught me how to play piano. He's sitting there with his arms folded while everybody else is on their feet applauding. As far as I'm concerned, if he's not pleased, whatever I've done doesn't matter. All you do, be the one who does it for the one. For all, really, it really matters. <laughs> if it doesn't matter to him, if he ain't pleased with it, everything we do means nothing. Only what you do for Christ will last. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.